cool that we have this. Y'all know we have, how many of you know about Facebook, uh, Freedom Fellowship Church Facebook page? You can go online and go to that Facebook page and watch the recorded sermons from the weeks past. They're after their live stream, then they're downloaded, so you can actually go back and watch them later. Same thing will be done for Jeff and Kristen, not as when they come and share. Where did they go? Oh, oh, they're back there. I see them. Okay, I'll just tell you very quickly. I don't know what, how much time this will be, and so I'll give you an update on uh, Leonard and Tanya. Leonard Jordan and Tanya McKenzie. You know, they're just, they're close friends. They're an unlikely pair. And they just so happen to be in the same hospital, on the same floor, like two doors apart. So when I went to see Tanya today, she was getting up to go see uh, Leonard. So Leonard had an esophageal stretching. Anybody ever heard of that? Stretching your esophagus? In that way, he's beginning to be able to take and hold food down. So that's a praise. And this is his first day to actually take in liquids even and hold them down. So Leonard's doing much better. And Tanya's just started her, going to be there hopefully just no more than a week, maybe two at the most, but kind of getting her, her, yeah, getting her electrolytes and everything back in order. So keep them in your prayer. They do love to have visits. Leonard is, is able to have visits now because he was very weak. So if you want to go check on Leonard, he's in, I think Tanya's in 508 and he's in 502, something like that. 504, okay. Shannon, not too far from here. Uh, Jacqueline Barnes is in Community Hospital. I'll continue to remember her in your prayer. She's going through a difficult time there. She's in 352, I think. Okay. That's the only, anybody else in the hospital that I don't know about? Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, praise God, and Willie and Maggie, I hate to single you out, and Michael and Anthony and Faith, would y'all come to this intersection and comply, we're trying to get everybody to sit together, you won't be in the camera, it's way over your head, You're not that tall, no, the camera doesn't get your heads, and if, even if it does, nobody cares. you got hair back there. Look, I've got a bald spot. So, okay. <laughs> okay, everybody fix your hair, back of your head real quick. Lick, splat, lick, splat. And, of course, this is not being recorded, right, Jennifer? Any prayer requests? I'm, I'm, I'm stalling for time. I see they're not ready. Any prayer requests tonight? Matthew. Okay. And they still have breakfast for the next uh, two days. So if you want breakfast, we had breakfast this morning. The burritos were excellent. Our staff had burritos from the Holy Rollers. a long way down there. It's okay. Okay. We'll pray for your kids, right? Okay. 
you might need prayer after this tonight. But after Jeff gets through, Kristen, you're, you're going to be good. And we're going through some struggles this week. Okay. I think these, this couple can identify with that. Okay. So I pray that you will. Uh, any other prayer requests before we get them up here, Jan? For rain? Okay. We can, that's a continual prayer. Now, Oklahoma, the people in Oklahoma. How many of you watch the news and watch the stories of faith coming out of there? Yeah. You know, we can think we've got it bad. We don't have to look very far to find people that are way worse off. You know, just raising your head out of that storm cellar and seeing nothing but rubble. I mean, that's got to be pretty tough. Aaron? Here, you mean somebody from here that you know? Okay. 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 Joanne? Anybody else? You guys ready? Okay, well, let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Father, as we've lifted up these needs, you've heard every one of them. And your word says that you know what we're going to ask before we ask it. But you also said for us to pray and to, to beat on the door of heaven with persistence. Knock on the door. Father, we need your intervention in so many lives that have been mentioned tonight in these in, in these children, in marriages, even in this fellowship. The enemy is trying to divide. He's trying to bring division in hus- between husbands and wives and parents and their children. So, Father, we ask that you would intervene in a way that only you can. Bring your hope and your grace and your love and your mercy into every situation that was brought up tonight. Father, I can't imagine being a 13-year-old wanting to end their life or, or, or thinking that drugs are the only outlet. But, Father, we know that that's, that's true in our culture, in our society. That young, that young girl needs Jesus. So we just send the word of healing and hope to her and to her parents tonight. Father, for these people in, in Oklahoma that have lost pretty much everything and are just thankful that they're breathing today, but there are those parents that are grieving for lost children. and So, Father, we just send the word of hope and healing. And, and, Father, I thank you for the body of Christ that's in Oklahoma that's been bringing that to them. Father, I lift up Bobby Chance, and we've been supporting his ministry for years that he just heard from the Lord, I've got to take my truck that's full of food and drive from California to Oklahoma. And we bless him to go and bring hope to those people, not just food, but hope. Father, I thank you for this body of believers, and I pray that you would bless us as we, as we come together to the fellowship tonight. For those in every class, in the youth, downstairs, the children, Freedom Foundations class, and 
as Jeff and Kristen minister tonight. Father, I just pray that your word would go forth with power. We love you, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We bless your name tonight, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, Amen. Does this have a gate on it? Do you know? Or a reverb? Man, that was nine years ago. I hadn't changed a bit. A little grayer. No. Actually, I'm starting to get my hair back. So, Well, we want to testify to God's faithfulness. And, um, you know, it's been five months since we've, well, I guess going on six with November, really, me having a lot of back pain and all that stuff. But um, we just want to testify, first of all, how much God has poured out his love. I mean, that's huge. I mean, his love has, in, in all my years of really seeking him and, and really pressing into the Father, I mean, he's demonstrated his love more than ever. I mean, he's poured it out, not just through Freedom Fellowship, but the body of Christ. And Chris and I, you know, are just like so blessed, aren't we, to um, think of, you know, my heart, you know, I don't know if you guys know, I have a ministry called Get Connected Ministries. And Harold said, or I think it was Mary Lou, she goes, did you ever think Get Connected would do this? But my heart has been for the body of Christ to come together in power and to understand we're in one accord. We may have different gifts. We may have different abilities. But Jesus Christ is Lord, you know? And I've got to see the body of Christ come together in this beautiful picture of meeting a need, and that need was our family. I mean, it was just like, what do you guys need? Can we come help watch the kids? Can we bring you food? Can y'all need finances? What do y'all need? I mean, whatever. You need a van. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, you know. And so the love of God has been poured out on us. And I'll you know, share a couple of stories of how God's faithfulness has continued to reinforce through testimony of his faithfulness through those things. But another thing is that as you go through a journey and you go through these trials, the word talks about having basically uh, perseverance and and having peace and and, and patience through those trials. And, um, you know, for the most part, we've had peace, supernatural peace, and you can't explain it. That doesn't mean we haven't had our tears that doesn't mean we haven't gone through fear issues and stuff like that. But praise God, his grace has poured out. And we've been patient through this process. But even through the process has been sped up. You know? And so I'll share a little bit about the, how the process has been sped, sped up. Um, I want to read a poem before I go and start testifying some of the other things. But, you know, uh, this whole process is, has been a healing. You know, and... Um, Sometimes we pray for this miraculous instant healing, and we're like, in the name of Jesus, I command healing on you. In the name of Jesus. I've been there. Have you been there? It's real easy to pray for somebody else, but what about yourself? Do you ever think about that? We're so hasty. We're so hasty to go lay hands on people. 
doesn't mean you don't do it, okay? I'm not saying that. Don't hear me wrong. But we need to hear what the Spirit is saying. We need to partner with what God, the Father, is telling us to do. And when we partner with what God is telling us to do, guess what? There's results. There's power. Whether we see it or not, okay? He's commanded me to pray for somebody's healing before, and I didn't physically see them healed. But I know something was happening on the Spirit, man. But tonight, I want you to think about praying for your own healing. Maybe it's physical healing. Maybe it's emotional healing. Maybe it's healing of a relationship that has been damaged. Would you believe for that tonight? Would you believe for that tonight? This is a a poem that a good friend of mine, and y'all know Jerry Krauser. Jerry has been huge in this whole thing. Uh, It wasn't by chance he moved to San Antonio shortly right before I arrived, and he was right there. What do you need, Jeff? He actually talked to the guy at a Bible study, and I said, Jerry, we really need a place to stay because guess what? My mom's going to take off a month, and my grandma's going to come with her, and we really need a place to stay. And I told him that Wednesday afternoon, that night we had a house. And Jerry was instrumental in that. Immediately. I mean, things like that. God providing needs immediately. And he wrote this poem, and, and uh, Kristen can share real quick when she was in the hospital with me about uh, what the Lord told you about the next album was going to be called. <laughs> the healing room. Is it on? Okay. I told her, I said, I'm going to tell her to speak yell. up. There we go. You got it? Well, we were in the hospital, and I was working on a song, and then, and she went back to San Angelo, and she didn't tell me this, but I was like, Kristen, I feel like this new album's going to have to do with healing. It's just going to bring healing to people. And she goes, Jeff, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, your next album's going to be called Healing Room. And I said, that's it. That's it. Well, Jerry grabbed a hold of this, and it's just been in his spirit. And one night he was just really interceding, interceding and praying for me. And this is what God gave him for me. And he called it the heal. He he says, Healing Room Poem by Jerry Krauser. I've thought, I've fought, the victory will be soon. But for now, I'm resting in your healing room. My body will be stronger, my vigor will will return. My family will be closer from all that that I've learned. My body is sometimes weak, at times I shed a tear. But you, O Lord, are always strong and your spirit forever near. Yes, I'm on this journey, but not one of sadness or doom. But I'm being led to victory in this healing room. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that just spoke volumes to me because in a place of vulnerability, in a place of, you know, really, honestly, the last three years of my life, I've been tremendously blessed. I mean, in 09, we were faithful. We are in a huge amount of debt. Um, and we, God told us to sell our house. And Kristen were like, um, what do we do? Well, we're supposed to sell our house. And Ron prophesied this. Jeff, you feel like you're on a merry-go-round spinning around and around and around and around. You can jump off that merry-go-round. Are you going to just stay on that merry-go-round and think about your dream all day? Or you can actually jump off that merry-go-round. And you'll be a little dizzy. A little off for a while, but you're going to live your dream. Isn't that cool? 
And so waiting and trying to figure out what God is doing, but partnering with what was already in my heart, but the prophetic word that was spoken, I partnered with that. I said, I don't care if it hurts when I jump. I'm going to be faithful to what God's told us as a, as a husband and wife. And when you partner with your wife, there's power. There's power. And guys, if you hear the Lord and your wife hasn't heard yet, you better slow down the brakes. You know what I'm saying? You need to wait until you're in agreement. Would you agree, honey? Haven't, haven't yes. I tried to rush plenty of times? <laughs> so, but there's power. So as we share tonight, okay, the beautiful thing is I have a different perspective of what I've gone through than what Kristen, okay? So you're going to hear a total different story from her than me. Even though we're one, we see things differently. Guys, you're going to hear things differently tonight than your neighbor. Something's going to speak to you differently than your spouse, okay? But what we got to really do is understand what is being stirred up in our own life. And we don't try to compare ourselves to somebody else, but we allow the Holy Spirit to deal with us on an individual level. And so we don't belittle each other. We understand where our diversities are, and there's power in that. So here's an example. Through this whole journey, when we found out, okay, can you put up... Um, the picture with me having a nose thing. In. Now, check this out. This is messed up. <laughs> now, this picture does not do this justice, okay? I mean, like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if you've... Uh, anyway, Harold got to see it. But, I mean, it's a lot bigger. But how I found out about this whole little journey backing up as December 22nd, I had a nosebleed, and it wouldn't stop. So they had to shove this thing up my nose to get my nose stopped. Out of this whole thing, that's really been the most painful, <laughs> the nose. <laughs> I never threw up with chemo or radiation. I was weak, and I was really tired and worn out, and I'd be nauseous at times. But if, if you don't want to experience pain like I did, don't get a bloody nose that won't stop. Bleed somewhere else, okay? I mean, bleed somewhere else. So anyway, so I, I had to do this, and then you can put up a couple of patches. I, have, I had this nose patch. Now my nose would just drip all night long, ooze, and, and, and I couldn't sleep. And, and I mean, it would it just, it, I don't have to go into detail, right? So you can just see. And that's my son. And the biggest, hardest thing through all this is my son. And um, this is a silly picture that I put up. <laughs> when he texted me. Yeah, tell him, tell him about that. <laughs> well, I'm going to back up because he started at the nosebleed, but it started at the back pain um, back in November. And uh, I'd never seen him in pain like that. I mean, this is, you know the strong leader of our family and seeing him in so much pain and just where I've never been even used to seeing him. He'd barely every now and then take a Tylenol and he was in so much pain. He could hardly even take a breath. It hurt so bad for him. And, um, he went into the emergency room and, you know, they ran 
him through all the tests and I said, you know, go to the chiropractor, take some muscle relaxants, you know. But he was still in so much pain. It, nothing was helping. And I just prayed, you know, quietly to myself. And I was just like, God, if there is something else there, bring it to the surface. If there is something, bring it to the surface, Lord. And then it wasn't long after that that he got the nosebleed. And that night, he just it was just a normal night. We were sitting on the couch. The kids hadn't gone to bed yet, watching TV. He went to go take a shower, and he came out, and his nose is dripping blood. And I, I just was like, what's going on, you know? And he said, my nose won't stop bleeding. And, um, you know, I'm like, well, certainly you've had a nosebleed in all your years of sports. So, you know, shove something up there, and it'll stop. And... <laughs> He said, I've never had a nosebleed like this. And, you know, my mom is a nurse, and and she was at work, and I called her up, and I said, Mom, his nose is bleeding. What do I need to do? And she said, well, lay his head down and and shove gauze up there and and, um, see if you can get it to stop. Just make sure you keep his head elevated. And we did, and she said, call me back in 30 minutes if it hasn't stopped. (coughs) So I put, we put some, tissues up there and you know it it didn't seem to be stopping and the next thing you know is the when the tissues came out there was a clot the size of a quarter on there and that's when I knew I just had this gut-wrenching feeling that I knew that something was wrong and um, we waited a little while and the next thing you know from having the gauze up his nose the blood started coming out of his mouth And then that's when we went and took him to the emergency room, and I stayed with the kids at the house because I needed to be there for them. And, um, you know, he went to the emergency room, and I knew that, you know, my mom was there with him. And, um, well, then my mom got taken back to another emergency room (laughs) because she was having panic attack and anxiety, and, and they were like, you okay? And they took her to another room. So then the next thing I know, my mom is in one room and my husband's in the other, and I'm stuck at home with two kids, and I want to be there. I want to help. So. (laughs) Then i got to look at my notes. (laughs) Because you left off at nosebleed. Um, I do remember, which he wanted me to share this, um, after being in the hospital for a couple of days, you know, they ran, they ran tests on him in the emergency room, and then they went ahead and admitted him. And um, I remember talking to Mary Lou on the phone, and I guess the kids, kids were asleep. And I was talking to Mary Lou, and I felt just this um, strength and power just come over me. And I spoke that my children would know their father that he would not die, that we would grow old together. And I just spoke every promise that I know that God has given us and um, declared that over us. And a boldness came over me like I've never had before because (laughs) if you see me around church, I'm not. (laughs) I don't have Mary Lou's personality, which, you know what, I thought it was pretty cool, though, because I, I did get to have some of that personality of Mary Lou and that rise up in me and, you know.
told her I'd let her talk to that. Uh, but, um, um, we had to spend Christmas um, in the hospital. So, you know, waking up, like you said, for, for Hayden, that was hard, you know, trying to explain what was going on to him. And, um, you know, we packed up some presents and went up to the hospital and just put on a smile and just endured and tried to make the best out of out of it. And, um, yeah. So I'll help. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and going back to um, when the doctors came in, I was here at Shannon and uh, the oncologist came in and uh, started talking to me about the potential of having leukemia. And I'm like, leukemia? What's up? I'm just real, I'm, I'm real mellow anyway. I kind of go with the flow anyway. But I'm, I'm just thinking about this. Okay, we'll get over this, you know. <laughs> but it really didn't set in. And I, you know, I was like, you know, I had to call Harold and Cam and I guess Mary Lou and Basil came up and I'm sitting there waiting. We need to get Kristen down here and tell her. And I'm thinking, no, honey, just come down. You need to come down. And I need to tell you. And that's when we came, she came down. And well, we that, <laughs> I had been coming up there and we could only have the kids up there for so long because it's a hospital and we have an active boys that want to play and a baby. You know, and, and not to mention all of this happened when we had just had a baby, you know, and, um, you know, so all this was happening when he was five months old. Um, so, you know, we had talked earlier that day. I'd been up there, and um, he, he had talked about, you know, I'd gone up there the night before, and we just spent time together, just the two of us, and we had talked about me doing that again that night, and then we talked later in the day, and he had said, well, I'm tired, and I was like, well, I'm really tired too, so why don't I just come up there tomorrow then, and we'll just go to bed early tonight, and um, we had both agreed, so I was like, okay, well, we'll go to bed, and I'll get some sleep. Well, the next thing I know, Karina calls me, and she says, I'm on my way over there, uh, so you can go up and see Jeff, and I was like, no, I already talked to him, and we're just going to go go to bed early tonight, and and she's like, well, I'm already on my way. You go ahead and go up there. And I was like, I was like, no, you've already done so much for me, you know, coming over and watching the kids and helping. And, and I just don't want to put you out, you know, not a big deal. Just go ahead and, um, and go home. And she's like, no, I'm coming over. I was like, right then I kind of knew something was going on. And I called Jeff, and I said, well, Karina's coming over, but I just, you know, we had already said we were going to go to bed, and he's like, yeah, I told her to come over. Right then, I just felt this sinking feeling, and I was just like, okay. He goes, you need to come up here. You have tissue. And right then, um, I just knew, and... Uh, Karina came over, and Hayden was already asleep, and uh, Liam was asleep, and I, I handed her Liam, and I drove up there, and I took I took my time. I took took my time getting up to the room, because it was almost like I just wanted to wait a few minutes, <laughs> and uh, 
I know I cried the whole way there. <laughs> um, and when I walked in the room, there was Harold and Mary Lou and Cam and Basil. And it's kind of like how, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but through this process, it's like in the movies when you see everything going by really, really fast, and you're just kind of standing still, and you just see the world going by so quickly. And it kind of felt like that. It felt like I was just standing still, and everything was moving quickly. And um, I looked at Jeff, and he told me, he goes, I, I met with a doctor, and they said they saw signs of leukemia. And we have to decide, because they're going to send me they're going to send me away tomorrow to another hospital. So we have to decide. And I don't even, I just started weeping. I just, and I put my head on Jeff's chest and I just laid there and I just felt like I couldn't move. I didn't want to move. And, uh, I just felt the love and the support of everybody else that was in that room, you know. And um, that night I went home. And I, wa I walked into my little boy's room. And Karina was in there just rocking him. And I looked over at her. I just sat on the floor. <laughs> sat on the floor just in Indian style just kind of sat there and I looked up at her and tears were just going down her face you know and I could just tell she was just hurting for us you know and I just felt numb in that moment you know and take it away because I'm going to get a tissue <laughs> When she was talking about making the decisions, and our first choice was to go to Dallas for um, treatment and stuff, but God really closed the doors on that and shifted us to San Antonio where we needed to be. I mean, we had friends, family, people I met up there. So God orchestrated it. And sometimes we don't see. I mean, we were pushing Dallas, pushing Dallas. We're getting frustrated. What's up, God? We felt, I mean, we were in agreement. We both felt Dallas. But sometimes, even though you feel something, you take the step of faith, you step out and do it, and God says, eh, and he shifts you. And before long, we knew God's perfect plan was unfolding, and he knew where I needed to go. And she was talking about making the decisions, and uh, this was this is a hard decision because we've been doing homeschool with Hayden, and, and um, we had to make a decision very quickly about school. And so we were blessed to be able to get him into Ambleside, and I appreciate the guys over at Ambleside for working with Hayden this last semester because it's been a very difficult, difficult time. But we made the decision, and we both had a piece about him going over there, and he's grown a lot. Um, I'm going to stop you real quick. I'm okay. going to say, um, with San Antonio, you know, I don't think I slept a wink that night. <laughs> Um, you know, I had to pack his bags, what he was going to need. I had to, you know, trying to take care of the kids. And that morning, 
um, I took Hayden, and he, the boys, you know, he got to say bye to the boys, and then my mom took the boys, and that way I could spend time with Jeff before they, they took him, and um, it was so hard for me, and uh, when the, uh, I guess, ENTs or the paramedic guys that came to, to transport him to San Antonio came up. I looked at one of the guys and I just started bawling, like laughing, bawling. I mean, I was like laugh crying and I was like, this guy probably thinks I am such a weirdo. But I was just like, is your name Chris? He And I'm just like laugh crying this whole time and he's like, uh, yeah. He's like, are you Angela's husband? He's like, um, yes, and I was like, oh, thank you, God, thank you, God. I was like, <laughs> I was like, God just spoke to me, and he's like, I couldn't go with him, but somebody I knew, it was her husband, <laughs> who was going to be accompanying my husband the whole way to San Antonio, so it was God just telling me and reaffirming to me that he's taking care of Jeff, that he's there with him this whole way, you know, and so. Yeah. And put that picture up with me in the ambulance. Um with the little earbuds up there at the top. Do you know where that is? Yeah, right here. I, I took a picture of me going down, the, laying down in the ambulance. That's not a very comfortable three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour ride in the ambulance, trust me. <laughs> you don't want to do that. But anyway, I sent this, I text this picture to Kristen, and she can tell you what I said. He just, I looked at it, and it said, I love you. When this is all over, you want to go on a date? <laughs> I'm still waiting for the date, but, you know, <laughs> it's been so busy since we got back with the kids and trying to just get, well, but, um, you know, and that's prophetic. Going down sick as all get out in an ambulance, and I'm speaking that I'm going out on a date with my wife when this is all over. You know, so sometimes when you're going through junk, you just got to know that just ride it out. And so, um, you know, the the good thing about all this process, and, and I could name so many, so many blessings. I mean, in all the years of being with the Lord, I've never experienced confirmation after confirmation after confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. So even before this, the Lord prepared me, and I shared this January 30th when I spoke about how the Lord prepared me ahead of time when I was having all the back pain, and he took me to the Israelites, and they were whining and complaining, and they were getting sick and all these types of things because they were responding in faith. They were whining and complaining, and the Lord convicted me. Jeff, don't whine and complain. You know what? That stuck in my spirit. So when the trial came, guess what? I didn't whine and complain. I didn't. Did I whine and complain much? Except for when I was in pain. (laughs) You, You know, I really didn't. That's supernatural God. That's a supernatural God that if you are listening and you pick up your word when he tells you to pick it up. Because I picked it up that night when I was in pain with all that back pain. I said, I can't go to sleep. Might as well get in the word. 
I partnered with that, and he gave me a gem that transformed my life, prepared me for a storm. I had to go through the storm. I'm coming out on the other end. That doesn't mean I'm 100% yet. I'm 100% girl blood now, <laughs> you know. So I'm a little more sensitive, man. You might, you know, it's okay, you know. But my strength isn't completely back, but it's coming back. I might be a bodybuilder now, I think. <laughs> Not really. My wife would like that. <laughs> um, but... Um, you know, what I wanted to share is just a, another confirmation of people praying. I, I shared this this morning with Cornerstone because, uh, man, they were just show, – show the picture of the basketball team coming by and start seeing me. At, oh, you didn't put it on there? But anyway, Cornerstone was very integral in praying for me and, and reaching out, okay? And I've been going over there speaking and doing worship for years, and I know lots of people over there. And today I went and shared with them, I want you to know God answered your prayer. Isn't that cool? They've been praying for my healing. God answered your prayer. I said, if you've never felt like God has answered your prayer, he answered your prayer. Let's build upon that. We need to remember those God moments. Too many times so much stuff comes in and we forget that God has already answered a prayer that we prayed for. And we miss that moment. God's answered your prayers. There's so many prayers. But people of faith, here's what Mary Lou prayed over me. And I love our church. I love our body. I love Harold. Harold and I, I mean, Harold's like a dad to me. I'd do anything for him. He knows I have his back. Don't talk bad about Harold. You know? But his wife is a bulldog. Yeah. I love it. If you don't know her, she might rub you the wrong way. You know what? But she fights for my life. She'll fight for yours too. And this is what she prayed. This is January 23rd, 2013. Write down some stuff so you remember, okay? In the name of Jesus, in the power of his blood, we curse every malignant, immature, white blood cell that is continuously multiplying and being overproduced in the bone marrow. We command the mag uh, malignant cells to quit crowding out normal cells in the bone marrow. We cancel and break every assignment for the malignant cells to infiltrate other organs of the body. We call Jeff's body into kingdom alignment and command every cell, fiber, function, and organ of his body to operate and produce the way the Lord God Almighty created to. Every assignment and curse of death has been found out and identified, and the curse is destroyed to the very core and, and seed in the Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, let your healing flow to every innermost part of Jeff's body. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. What she did, she listened to the doctor, first of all, what was going on. That's how she prayed that. We can't flippantly pray. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to know what is exactly going on. And if you don't know, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you, whether it's through a doctor, whether it's through a dream or something else. And when you pray with understanding, things shift. Things change. 
We have those types of people. Just like when my wife declared she spoke, Ron talked about speaking. My husband will not die in the name of Jesus. We need to speak life. We don't need to speak death. There's so many, many, many good things that God has done in our life through this experience. Hasn't been always fun. It's been difficult. He's never left us or forsake us, though. I can remember this is the big moment in in, in all this when I was on my first round of chemo. I was in the shower, taking a shower. I was getting kind of depressed a little bit, and I'm thinking, I'm in here for leukemia. And I just started feeling my countenance start sinking. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, Jeff... You're in here on an assignment from the living God. Wow. Do you need a word from the Lord tonight? To change your sinking, to lift that depression, to lift that frustration, to lift that bitterness, to lift that doubt? He'll give it to you. Are you are you listening? change the whole dynamics through the whole process. Guess what? I was laying hands on people, walking the halls, praying for people laying in beds. Put up a put up Brad's picture. The the two bald dudes. Did you not put that on there? Okay. Okay, don't worry about it. But anyway, Brad is a 24-year-old that has ALL too. And I'm praying for his healing. I'm loving on him through the storm, through the pain, through the struggle. God, sometimes we just don't know what people go through. We like to say, uh, we, we know, but you really don't know unless you've gone through it, right? But when you go through it, guess what? You get to take a spoil. Think about that. You get to take a spoil and you get to go and change one person at a time because you've conquered, you've overcome. Yeah, isn't that sweet? (laughs) Those goofy bald head guys. (laughs) But you know what? He was down. He was frustrated. He was angry. Clay and I went and ministered to him. A great friend, a good friend of mine, Clay Searcy. We spoke life into him. We spoke, God has great plans for you. You're going to be okay. What do you need? We're here for you. Just as people said, Jeff and Kristen, what do you need? Guess what? We're extending that same and giving back. You don't have to give financially. If you can't give financially, sometimes you just need your time. Go visit somebody down the hospital. Go visit your neighbor. Make a difference. Quit being so busy thinking about yourself. Because when you think about others, guess what? You're going to have peace. You're going to have joy. You're going to have power. We all want power. 
power to live a life of worship. This is what this experience is doing in our family. It's empowering us in a different way. It's allowing us to think differently, like, let's not get so busy. Let's not get wrapped up in the rat race. What do we want to do? What is God calling us to do as a family? Because when we partner with what God's doing, nothing will stop us from expanding the kingdom of God. It's not going to happen. Because we're going to hear, we're going to obey, and we're going to respond. Now, as I think I was beginning to say earlier, I never asked the question, why is this happening to me? Because God already prepared my heart. I hid the word of God in my heart. And God graced me. And I'm saying this is God's grace. He graced me with not to ask that question. I praise him for that. Maybe right now you've been asking why, 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 why? You want to tell how you dealt with the why, 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 why? That's what I was about to say. I was like, for me, it was another story. <laughs> I did get to the why. Um, you know, I did get to a point where I was just like, why? Why him? Why not somebody that doesn't have kids or this or that? Or You know, I just, I got to that point. Through all of this, I've had to really, I've really grown. Um, one of my big things was just control. <laughs> um, and, you know, it got to a point where it's just like, through all this, I've just had to completely trust God. I think in our lives we get to where we want to trust God or we say we trust God, but we only give him this area of our life or this area of our life. And we try to hold this, and it's like, well, it's all right, God, I got this part. You know, you can, I'll trust you in these areas, but I I think I can handle this part. And in all of this, I just had to give it all. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't control it. I couldn't fix it. I couldn't do anything. You know, and, and God just showed me so much throughout this. Um, Just the strength, you know, it was, I could either, you know, lay there and just do nothing or I could stand. I could stand. I could stand on God's promises. I could stand on his word. And that's what I chose to do. Stand and trust. And, um, yeah, um, (laughs) well, um, you know, when we got to San Antonio, um, Harold and Mary Lou met us. They they got there. uh, They drove down right behind the ambulance or right before it. So they were there. And then I came up the next day, I think, with the kids. And um, it was really hard because Hayden, the kids were sick. Um, one, Liam couldn't be around him, but then Hayden was had been really sick, running fever, and so he couldn't be around Jeff. Um, and um, yeah, I didn't get to see the kids for like a month or something like that. I think he couldn't be around him, and. Um, 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 you know, when I did ask that question, God just said to me, because of how Jeff's responding, Jeff's, not many people would be able to, 
to respond the way that he has in this situation. And I know it's because of God in him. Um, and being able to use this for the glory of the kingdom. And, um, you know, that, that morning we went up there and uh, met with the doctor. And we were told that it is leukemia. And, um, you know, I was, I just sat there and just, you know, I just rested. And Jeff talked about that just supernatural peace from God just throughout all of this. And I was able to sit there and, and, uh, you know, just, he's given me so much strength through all this, you know, more strength than I ever could imagine (laughs) going through this. Um. You know, we were up there for a week, um, and I just kept hoping that Hayden would be able to get to see Jeff, and I know that was very hard on him, on Jeff, um, not being able to see him. Um, While she's doing, th- looking that up, did she give you that video of Hayden and all? Did you give her that video? Yes, I did. Um, I, I want y'all to play this. Go ahead and play this real quick, and and I'll share a little bit about some of the stuff that Hayden has been experiencing through this. Just make sure the audio is up pretty good. I don't know how well it's going to be. No, it's not this. She's looking for it. <clears throat> we put a lot of pictures. <laughs> we didn't know what which ones to use, but you can go ahead. Well, um, you know, in our marriage, I've always are they ready? <laughs> go ahead and share. Jeff's always been, you know, the strong leader of our family. And, you know, I've always just relied on him so much. And um, through this process, I was I was told, which it was such a wonderful, wonderful thing that I needed to hear. And it was, you know, whenever you're with him, you need to look good and have a smile and be strong. And that's how I did every time I went to go see him in the hospital. I made sure I looked nice. And I had a smile on my face. No matter what was happening right before I walked in that room, I had a smile on my face. And I was there. And it was my turn to be strong for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chloe. <Mm-hmm. laughs> She's over there. Let me tell him what this is, though, real quick. Um this is while we were in San Antonio for that week that Hayden was sick. You can tell he's got the nice runny nose and um, couldn't be around Jeff. So we went to, I went to the mall and got him a Build-A-Bear. And they have these recordable devices in there. And um, he didn't know it. And I talked to the lady that was there that, you know, they fill him and whatnot. And I said, while he was looking at something else, I said, is there any way, can you show me? Can you not stitch it up all the way? Can you show me how to do it so I can buy this and I can take it 
and get something put on it myself and then put it in there myself. And she showed me. And um, that night I went up to the hospital and I took it. And Jeff was able to record a message to Hayden in that. And I put it in the bear, which he already knew he got the bear. He just didn't know it made any noise. And that night as he slept, when I came back to the hospital from the hotel, um, I put that inside the bear and then stitched it up. And um, this is after I gave it to him and, and I told him to, to squeeze the bear and give it a hug. Go ahead and try it. This is Obi Bear. He's my favorite lobby and watch this. Mommy did this for me so that I won't miss Daddy. Give, you want to tell Daddy something? I did that so that he'd have that because I knew that we were going to have to leave and he wasn't going to be able to see Jeff before we had to leave. And I wanted him to have something that he could hold. And, um, you know, if, if you couldn't hear it, Jeff said, I love you, Hayden. Everything is going to be all right. Give your bear a hug for me. Good night. I love you. And um, that week, you know, we, I kept watching his fever. and It was hard on him because we had all of Jeff's family was there visiting, and um, my niece was able to go see him, but Hayden couldn't, and that was so hard for him. And... Um, when we had to leave, um, that was really hard for me, too. <laughs> I didn't want to leave. We kept delaying, <laughs> delaying and delaying and staying a little bit longer. And like Jeff was saying about the outpouring of help, we were blessed tremendously of somebody just stepping forward it, from the beginning to pay for our hotel when we first went up there. You know, and my mom was able to take off work, and she was so instrumental in taking care of the kids, you know, and and uh, when we had to leave, um, I'd passed by this window so many times, going up to Jeff's room, and I saw there's a McDonald's and this other stuff down there, and I was like, you can see down there. And so I told Jeff, I said, I want you to go to the window. I want you to go. Go down the hall, see if they'll let you go down to that window. And I'm going to bring the kids, and we're going to stand out there. And um, I had my phone, and Jeff had his phone. And we stood down there, which he was on the eighth floor, so I didn't think we'd be able to see him. But he was able to, Jeff was able to see us, but we were actually able to see him too. And hearing Jeff's voice crack and hearing him cry and knowing how hard that was for him. And knowing how hard it was for Hayden and wanting to just trying to be there and do whatever we could in that situation. Like I said, that's, you know, and, and, and several of you are fathers. And, you know, when you, when you want to see your son, 
and you want to spend time with them, and you know that the time is precious. Standing on the eighth floor, looking out the window, knowing that they were there all, all week long. I've never cried so much. And so tears ran, and because basically I was snatched away from my son, and some of you guys have been snatched away from your son. Our Father in Heaven, our Father in Heaven knows that some of you have been snatched away from Him. And He cries, and He wants you so bad, and He's standing on the eighth floor looking out, knowing if I could just touch my son, if I could just hold him, if I could just hug him. And to know that in the presence of the Father, that all the stress, all the confusion, all the pain goes away. In the last four or five months, Hayden has been tormented like crazy. I mean, you wouldn't believe I was like a seven-year-old should not have to go through this because we've taught him about the lies of the enemy. And he recognized it, and they came hard. But now I'm seeing him smile again. Now I'm seeing his countenance change. And as a father, you want to fix it. And she got to see the worst of it. I hadn't even got to see the worst of it. But she was strong. And it was hard on her. But know that, you know, when we go through certain things, you know, there's always parables. There's always things that we can glean and and learn from and gain strength from. And through all of this, I said one thing is the Father's love. He has poured out his love continually through the tears, through the pain, through the struggle. I mean, you wouldn't believe how excited I was to come home. I was so ready. When I when I went back after my two rounds of chemo for my third round and then the radiation. I was really depressed when I walked in. There's a picture in the hospital with, I don't know if Kristen put it up there, but a stroller with Liam and me and and um, Hayden and um, we're sitting down, checking in. You did? And I'm like, man, I'm about, about to get a bone marrow transplant. Well, Kristen couldn't go up to the floor with the kids. So the the nurse's aide came down. We got her stuff. And I'm going up the elevator. And I feel like I'm leaving. I feel like I'm on a journey all by myself. I go up the elevator to the eighth floor, get off, go to the bone marrow unit, push in this big old cart in there because I take all instruments that I have. <laughs> thinking that I'm going to do something, hoping. The room was a lot tinier than the other ones. <laughs> but I get in there, and all of a sudden I'm getting depressed. I'm feeling all alone. I mean, I literally felt alone, alone. I'm thinking, man, this just isn't right. Well, sure enough, I forgot something. So Kristen goes and eats Chick-fil-A, I guess, or it goes and eats somewhere. And I call her and say, honey, I forgot our picture. 
she put a picture of our family together. She goes, well, I'll bring it back up there. Well, when she came up there, just by her coming up there and being with me, took all the junk away. Didn't feel alone anymore. But what even encouraged me even more was that we were, the nurse was talking and doing my charts and stuff. She goes, you're already in here for a bone marrow transplant after three months? I said, yeah. I was feeling really down. I was like, man, I got to be back over here. She goes, normally it's like six to nine months, even longer. Sure enough, that was God saying, I'm here with you. I'm here with you. It's okay. I got your back. You may experience a little turmoil for a second, but then he gave me a word, a word that lifted, a lifted Christian spirit too. And so it's like, regardless, it's just a small amount of time. And leading down to after the bone marrow transplant and stuff like that, they told me that I was going to be there for two to three months. Okay? Well, guess when I got to come home? In six weeks. I said, I got to get home. My son needs me and my family needs me. (laughs) And he was gracious to say, yeah, come back once a week. Now I'm going tomorrow morning at 5.30 in the morning. Going to San Antonio to get my good checkup. Hopefully, they'll push it back to a month. <laughs> but well, I've been able to tell Hayden because every night Hayden prays for Je- prayed for Jeff, and he'd always pray, "Lord, I pray that Daddy's checkups go good and that he gets to come home soon." So I got to tell him every time Daddy's had a checkup, it's gone good, and look, Daddy's coming home soon. And throughout all of it too. God just spoke to me in so many ways. You know, every time I'd go up to the hospital, you got to realize this is when he went up for the first time, it was right after Christmas. I mean, we were there, it was before uh, New Year's. So we spent New Year's Eve and had a little party in the hospital room. And, uh, but, um, you know, I kept going up there and I kept walking, you know, every, every night to his room. And while my mom stayed with the kids, and one night I looked and I noticed there's a wreath right across Jeff's room that had three red birds on it. And that was just God speaking to me. Y'all know Mary Lou's story. (laughs) And that was just God saying, see, I'm here with him. I'm here. And then, you know, I don't get to listen to the radio very much with the kids in the car because they're usually making noise. So it's like I don't want to add noise onto, you know, music onto the noise and just have it really loud in the car. And, uh, but on the way up to the hospital, every night when I'd go up there to be with him, I'd turn on the radio and I found Caleb, which usually I, you know, when I am here, I wouldn't, uh, I usually listen to Air Run, Air One or whatever, but, <laughs> um, so I had Caleb on and every night that I would go up there, God just spoke to me with the songs that were on the radio right then. And, you know, it, so many times and it's like, I haven't heard Mercy Me's, you know, I can only imagine like since our wedding, because we had that as one of our songs when we got married. It's like I hadn't heard it because it's a much older song. And it seemed like almost every night I went to the hospital to see him, it was on the radio right when I was driving up there. And all these other songs, and it was just God just reassuring me, I'm here, I've got this, you know. And, uh, you know, whenever we had a need, God met it through the body, you know. And and that was just so amazing to see, you know. 
when my car didn't work. God supplied somebody to to jump in immediately without hesitation, uh, you know, and and um, you know when we've had medical bills or whatever, even just the other day, it's just like um, we had one medical bill that was um, for eight thousand dollars, and um, Jeff said, you know, well, see if it'll if if they'll cut it in half. And I was like, well, they don't usually do that. I was like, they don't usually do that. They want their money. And I was like, well, and, uh, you know, and I just, or actually he said, see if they'll take $4,000. And, um, you know, I, I put it off for a while because it wasn't due for a while. And one day I just felt prompted to call on it. And I called and I, I talked to the guy and I prayed before I called. And I said, I said, well, what if what if we pay this? He's like, well, you can get thirty percent off and pay it over this many months, and and um, I was just like, well, what if we pay it up front? And he said, well, I'll talk to my supervisor. And he came back and he goes, well, if you can pay it up front, we'll do fifty percent off. And I was like, thank you, God, that's confirmation right there. You know, that's in that four thousand dollars that Jeff heard. So just things like that. Just and then, you know, throughout this whole process, you know, like Jeff said, it. it it's been hard. We've had our tears, but and we've had things that have felt like, you know, knocking the wind out of you. You know, we, his sister was tested to see if she was a match, and she wasn't a match. So they had to go to the registry, you know, and, and um, finding out about the Philadelphia chromosome. But it's all about your perspective and how you look at it, you know. And um, we just clung to the, the positives and to seeing you know, what God was doing and focusing on those things instead of the negatives. That's key, guys. <clears throat> you know, I, I told Kristen, I said, we're not having anybody negative in our room. If they become negative, they're out. you got to make that in your own life. I mean, if you're hanging out with negative people, you need to... Because you, I mean, you can't grow. I mean, you can't help but feel the yuck. And I said, man, I'm going to die if I don't think positive and get well. I said, I don't have time for this. Some of you are spiritually dying tonight because you have junk in your life and it needs to get out and you need to tell it to go in the name of Jesus Christ. And you can believe that. The Father of light say that you can because He created you. And He said it's within you to speak to that mountain and it shall be removed. So think about that. It says in, in um, James chapter 1, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, guys... One of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. You already have it. You already have it. You need to quit saying, I don't have patience, because you're buying into a lie. If you're of the kingdom and Jesus Christ resides in you by his Holy Spirit, okay, that's your fruit. That's his fruit that lives inside of you, okay? But this, your faith produces patience, but let patience fruit of the Spirit, patience. 
have its perfect work. Perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That sounds like good news to me. That sounds like God allows me, you know, to go through some trials. Paula's back here, and she came the, when I was in the hospital with uh, some other friends of hers, uh, Lynn and Rita. And um, she goes, Jeff, I just feel like this is intrusion in your life. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, guess what? Ron even confirmed that this weekend. If y'all were here, he said, Jeff, this was an intrusion of the enemy. This wasn't God's perfect plan because he only gives good gifts. But God is going to use this for his glory because of the way that you've handled the situation. How are you handling your situation? God wants to promote you. He wants to, to see his glory rise up inside of you and you have it within you. Believe that. We prayed against the lies of the enemy when we're doing worship. Believe that. Believe that. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And you can keep reading that over and over and go on further. But I just want to bless you with our testimony. And there's a lot of stuff that we left out. There's a lot of maybe gaps or something like this. But I do know that God has been faithful. I do know that I met some beautiful people. Beautiful. Beautiful people that I don't even know that I've become friends with because of this experience. People of faith. People maybe not even of faith. It's reconnected me with high school people. It's connected me with my sister's friends. It's connected me with people in different states. Because they want healing to take place. They want victory to take place. And that's our heart. You know, I can truly say Kristen and I's marriage is better each year. Our first couple of mar- mar- years of marriage were rough, guys. Even with me leading worship and doing ministry stuff. She can tell you, right? Amen. Hey, hallelujah. <clears throat> but we fought for our marriage. We chose to not... And this is a key for you guys that are married right now and having difficulties. We chose to understand this very simple concept. Our spouse is not our enemy. So when when you're thinking your spouse is your enemy, that's the enemy masking himself as your spouse. (laughs) You need to say, the devil is my enemy. How can I bind that thing up? You're not going to talk to your wife. I bind that up in the name of Jesus. You better go hit your prayer closet and bind it up and love on your wife. Because we want to change each other, right? 
We want to fix each other. That's how Kristen and I were. We wanted to fix each other. But we came to the point, we said, we can't fix each other. But what we can do is seek God. And as we sought God, guess what? Oh, beautiful. We came together. It doesn't mean we don't have arguments or anything like that. They're just a lot shorter. <laughs> right? Amen. You know. So our heart is for you to be encouraged tonight. Our heart is for your faith to increase tonight like no other. Our heart is for you to fall more madly in love with the Father of lights, that you would understand your true identity and inheritance in the kingdom of God, that today you would plant your feet down and say, I am refusing to buy into the lies of the enemy. I am refusing to accept lack anymore. Even as you go into that other passage that I read about trials and tribulations, it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. Do you think God wants us to have lack? No, not at all. So thank you for letting us share tonight. Thank you for walking alongside of us and continuing to walk alongside of you. And there's uh, many of you guys that have sown into our life financially. There's many of you guys that have sown in through cards or through Facebook, just the words of encouragement or drop stuff off to the house. And there's probably people listening online that I haven't said thank you yet, but we are so thankful. We are so appreciative how God has ministered to us through you guys. We can't even say enough. That's been part of our healing. So we thank God for you guys. Do you have anything else? Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful and appreciative. for the body of Christ. We're thankful that you've demonstrated your grace, your mercy, your love, your healing, your unity, your restoration. And I pray that for everyone in here, everyone to experience some of the love that we've experienced. Thank you for your love, Father. Your love that never fails. Your perfect love that cast out fear. Shower us with your love, Father. Make it real to us. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Our true Father. I bless everyone in here for newness of life, refreshment, empowerment. I bless everyone in here with a fresh identity as an heir to the throne of God, as righteous, as holy, as worthy, as an ambassador of Christ that the kingdom would expand 
in the name of Jesus. And for those broken hearts, Lord, that are hurting for sons and daughters that have gone wayward, that those hearts would be mended. And we call those children home. We call them home in the name of Jesus to the kingdom. We call them to have beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, Lord. So we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you that you are worthy to be praised. And we make a choice to live a life of worship. One day at a time, we will worship you. One day at a time, we will worship you. In this very moment, we will worship you one day at a time. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. That was beautiful.